Our world begins at the ending of another. Yggdrasil, the great world tree, the vast force of nature from which all other worlds spring forth like fruits on the vine, is a place outside the normal flow of time, outside of all other realities, a world that is everywhere and nowhere all at once. We live here on the Yggdrasil, on this world outside of reality as you know it. We live here now because all our worlds died before. Famine, war, temporal anomalies, whatever the reason, our worlds were all ripped asunder, and we are all that was left of a reality that no longer exists. And yet, we live. We live and we try to continue to thrive in this world between worlds. We build and we watch the worlds that continue to exist. We watch for other temporal anomalies that might cause a world to prematurely end, or in the worst case, worlds that would cause harm to the Yggdrasil. Hi, I'm the sleep paralysis demon that just wants to know how your day went. Tom LaRosa. <laughs> Hi, Tom. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Uh, this is the first time I'm meeting you. This is what a great start. Yeah, this is great, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, I'm never here met anyone here before. We with... all found each other on Tinder. Yeah, yeah, it was really. a lot of swiping left, and somehow I still got matched with you, bozos. I it's swiped crazy. down a lot. I was I was on Omegle the whole time. <laughs> I actually don't know where or who you matched with, but that wasn't me. Huh. Well, this is awkward. I I mean, it could be worse. So, I'm here now with my co-hosts. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves. We didn't discuss orders, so I'm just going to take first. <laughs> uh my name is Evan. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, I, I go by he, him pronouns. Um, and, I, and fun detail, I'm not a furry. Question mark. Seems suspicious. Yeah. Sus. That's We're going to leave it open-ended. Uh, Evan, can you actually put away your fursuit in the background? It's kind of distracting me. Um, it's a onesie. It's a one. It's not a fur. It's a one. It's a Charizard onesie. All right. It's not oh. a fursuit. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's not on fire, so I couldn't recognize it. Actually, well, there's the tail. Oh, is it? Oh, wow. It's not actually on is fire. A little fire flame on yeah. the end. Oh, you got cheese its yeah. too, though. Oh no, that box is empty and has been for weeks. <laughs> okay. Nice. <laughs> I see. The mouse trap. You're trying to get a new pet. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll pick up from there since I'm already in the middle of talking. Uh, my name's Cameron Seeker, he, him pronouns. Uh, I am the short king with dad energy uh, that you all know and love. Uh, and I'm here to make sure that you all are doing your homework unless you can get away with it, in which case, please don't. Um, stand up mm. for your rights. And fuck the system. Fuck well, the it's system. Not that far. That's consensually fuck the system all right uh, maybe well, take the system on a few dates first and then fuck the yeah system. the system exactly. does not deserve consent. get to know the system and then fuck the system you can't the just system, say the system has tore me open without consent many times i will do oh. the same oh my god <laughs> I... <laughs> damn what <laughs> you poor soul oh my god I mean, that was, uh, how do i how do i follow that i just i feel like i should just exit stage left like what um, all right. Uh, hi, everybody. I, I'm Eli. I, um, I definitely have a figure that's larger than life and my personality twice as much. Uh, but, you know, I'm definitely totally down to just be the smallest man in the room if I could not physically help it. Um, yeah, that's that's who I am. That's what I do. And uh, I look forward to working with these amazing, beautiful people.
So welcome, after that spirited round of introductions, uh, to our inaugural episode of the Forever DMs, a show where four DMs play Dungeons and Dragons together and rotate around who's running the whole thing and try to create a fully compelling narrative between us. And to those of you who just managed to stick around, thanks for hanging in there. Hope you'll decide to join us for the rest of the episode. And if you don't, we'll find you. We have our ways. Mm-hmm. Give you cookies! I love cookies. Eli will give you cookies. He's I, I will give you cookies. This is this is a threat. He's the good cop, and then and then we'll come out of the word work with lead pipes. But yes, cookies first. Made of cookies, actually. Cookies. <laughs> so, uh, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> cookie pipes. Yeah. Huh. Um, what's, what's wrong, guys? This is, this is turning tasty. So. <laughs> I guess without further ado, perhaps we should actually uh, dungeon some dragons. Nah, and, uh, nah, we're good. Or do we just want to scrap the whole thing and play like I don't know Pathfinder or like Monster of the Week Ew. instead? What do you think? Gross. Pathfinder is for losers. You guys want to play League of Legends with me? Oh my god, you know dude! Yo, my yeah. favorite main is Yone. Hundred percent. Let's be. A- I'll, I'll play League. Hard stance. League of Legends better than Pathfinder. Let's go. Whoa! Yeah, seconded. Whoa. Seconded. And we there went half of our listener base. Yep. Yeah, on the same it's gone. There. We, <laughs> what's going on? That's fine. I think we can. I think we should. Just, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know. Sure. All right, <clears throat> let's put on our uh, little our thinking caps, our imagination caps, and uh, journey off. Today was a day like most others, which is to say that it was a sunless day lit by the light of countless stars that fill the sky. You've each woken up from your respective quarters, a ramshackle cabin amongst the others laid out in neat rows around the central square of your civilization. What started out as a small camp of survivors who all happened to find one another and slowly grown into a settlement of others. Hero, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) I will edit out out any of your mess ups, but anytime you call out Hero, that's saying it. Fair enough. That's, you that's should it. explain to the audience who Hero is. So Hero is my cat. He's sitting on the windowsill behind my computer looking absolutely innocent as he reaches out and grabs the spool of thread attached to my sewing machine sitting right behind my laptop. And he's just oh, giving me nice. the face. <laughs> gonna gonna knit you a sweater. Yeah, he could try. <laughs> Yeah, he won't do it. With well. the lack of thumbs, it might be difficult. It might be difficult. With enough catnip, I think he could do it. Uh, you give him a lot of credit for how many brain cells he might have. All you right. You always give him more. On a scale of one to ten, how many brain cells do you think Hero has? Two. Oh. And it takes one at a time to make him blank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite things you've said to me. Uh, so, anyway. There are a few shops, a garrison nestled in closer to the trunk of the tree, and even a farm on the outskirts, but everything here has been roughly hewn from the remnants of other worlds. Ash, what do we see when we look into your cabin? It's... The first thing you see is that there's a lot of just tools and supplies kind of laying around in the way of someone who has a workspace and cares very deeply for it. And so it's full of tools and it's full of supplies and it's full of half-finished projects, but nothing is fucking organized ever. So everything is just strewn all over the place. Uh, there are like bits and bobbins just on every single surface. There is, there is 
no empty spot for a mug of anything. Uh, it, it is a system of organization only only manageable by the person who created it. Uh, one of the more noticeable, uh, of the more noticeable piles in the room, there are a, uh, there is a small, like, lump of metal in one corner that seems to be kind of, like, weirdly shaped and positioned, uh, like, almost like a melted blob, but it has a completely flat top. Uh, there is a pile in one corner of what looks like how how one would pile a stack of like chips or of Cheez-Its, but it is a, a pile of like flat metal discs. Uh, and on one of the tables is a what seems to be a metal pile of 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 bones or of uh, like a skeleton of some kind. And then on the bed itself is a pile of, of loose red flesh and clothing uh, that is ash. Uh, as he he wakes up in the morning in his always disarrayed sleeping state, it's it's never it's never a good sleep for him. Um, sometimes it's it's because of nightmares and it's because of of memories. But even before he had those, he was never a clean sleeper. So he kind of rolls out of bed in the morning, and almost absent-mindedly as, as someone would like reach for an alarm clock or like go into the bathroom and kind of like subconsciously pat around for their toothbrush the moment he's out of bed there is a tool in his hand and some piece of metal that he's chipping away at all right awesome uh how about you quincy q quandary what do we see when we look inside of your cabin well the first noticeable thing about quincy q quandary's cabin uh, is, in fact, no one is currently inside it. Um, as we zoom into Quincy Q. Condry's cabin, you see that it's full of dust. There's a small, um, yeah, about half the size of a normal sleeping bag tucked away in the corner. Uh, a bunch of red yarn sprayed around in a spot uh, with branches sticking out on several uh, different areas in which they're all tied together. And uh, along with that, a small little sink, uh, a mirror, um, not too much in the terms of uh, things that Quincy has held on to, necessarily. Um, but there is a small uh, pack that is filled with um, lockpicks that is wide open. Uh, you see that Quincy enters his cabin, uh, you know, run down like the rest of them. Um, but it seems that Quincy uh, had not slept in his cabin this previous night. Uh, Quincy, uh, as he walks in, takes off his long overcoat that goes down to pass his feet onto the ground, uh, duster by all means, because it dusts the deck ground underneath him. Um, he is a gnome. Uh, you see that he's a uh, roguishly handsome wit, but uh, for the small little uh, uh, bit where he has uh, uh, redhead sideburns going across his face, that's not very much handsome. Uh, other than that, he's cleanly shaven around all other parts of his face. Uh, he has a, a newspaper delivery boy type of hat, uh, that he wears upon his head, along with uh, a small set of glasses. Uh, he's As he puts his coat up on the single hanger that's inside, you see uh, on his neck are uh, little lipstick stains uh, that are black, almost ink-colored, um, as well as uh, he takes his magnifying glass outside of his uh, 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 coat pocket, rubs it off on his shirt, uses it in the mirror, just going over all the bits and bobs, kind of wiping away the, the leftover, uh, you know, kiss stains. 
um, washes his face quite a bit, uh, goes over to the one corner that we have not seen as the camera pans over to see a fully functional espresso machine, uh, the only thing in this entire cabin uh, that somehow miraculously is not ran down. Uh, he uh, quickly puts in several different uh, buttons on top of it, uh, and a small little cappuccino is poured out. Uh, he goes to take a sip, spits it out, realizes that he had not changed the beans, and there are no beans to change, then sighs uh, in complacency and chugs the rest of it, swallowing it down with a grimace on his face. So are we talking like a Nespresso, like modern thing? Are we talking one of those big brass Italian dealies? So I'm, I'm thinking, right, like I'm thinking it's it's like a clockwork type of machination. Uh, that's kind of like... And so it's it functions as a clock as well as an espresso machine. So certain times of the day, it will just start going. Oh, wow. Uh, and But Quincy is able to just go in there and kind of like rewire the timing and everything since... Uh, there's no, you know, real passage necessarily for it to monitor. Um, and so he kind of just, you know, goes up to it, wiggles with some of the, the settings every now and then. But otherwise, it's more of a fantastical machine. Uh, he himself did not build it. Uh, this is something that just happened to be in the same shack that he did, and he loves that. <laughs> so you just commandeered the local Starbucks? Uh, more or less, yes. Okay, uh, good. I am known as the barista. Uh, mm. <laughs> but I do not share any of the coffee that I do have. It's very limited. Right. Uh, and it is... <laughs> right, right. It's an essential part of any balanced RPG team, right? You have Absolutely. you have the you have the warrior, you have the healer, you have the magic user, you have the barista. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Can confirm, yeah. worked at Starbucks. It's a it's a universal staple of every RPG party. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Nice. Uh, you know, his nickname is Venti around town. Uh <laughs> Some, we could stop some, this bit now. Ironically, sometimes grande. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's the end of that. I'm yeah, that I'm that joke was bad enough that we could stop. Yeah, All right, well, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm only slightly offended. So moving right along, um, last but not least, Lieutenant Hoon, what does your morning and your life look like? So you guys all see that inside this bit of a rundown of a bit of a log cabin is you know all sorts of scribbles and manners of slightly insane uh you know scribblings all over the walls the, the 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 little cabinet dresser that's beside the little cot uh you see that there's all sorts of manner of like wooden planks that have all sorts of more like detailed scribbles of geometry and uh, trigonometry and all sorts of crazy you know intricate mathematical equations that it seems to equate to the same amount of ridiculous jargon and um you see in the center of this a little bit of madness is lieutenant hoon who uh normally never sits down but has currently run out of space to write things on and is using his last bit of floor space so you know it's that's what he's doing he's sitting down and you know he's wearing um similar to you know the the german world war ii uniform like physique but it's it's not exactly. It's this um, solid color with a button down. Uh, you see that it very uh, very much defines his figure. You see that it's almost like an hourglass shape, but more so broad than it is, you know, feminine. Um, on top of that, it, the, the hair is well cut. The the way that you know you would think that Lieutenant Hoon should stand is that of proud with a mix of pompous 
and then on top of that, there's, you know, nice shoes. The, these shoes are like, uh, like leather loafers almost, in, in a sense. Um, yeah, and you know, you just see Lieutenant Hoon on the floor, just mad, like maddeningly scribbling away at what appears to be his latest endeavor. Um, in the corner, you also see a crude idea of what is his attempt to generate the first bit of electricity in this place. Um, it's this wheel of a stone, and it looks like it's connected to a piece of metal, and it's lined. this wheel is lined with metal, as he, you can probably tell he attempts to turn the wheel in a circular motion to generate some kind of movement. So far, he's been wildly unsuccessful because he still needs the required materials. Has he slept? Like, do we just see him, like, just in this, like, fervor of mathematical insanity? Has he, like, slept at all? Or is he just wake up, quickly drop some notes, and take a nap? It's, it, you can see he, he has a sleep schedule. You know, it's it's not like, you know, he's he's insane to, to an nth degree. But, you know, he wakes up at 8 a.m., goes for, like, 16 hours, goes to bed, wakes up again. All right. Uh, a question you have to ask of every military man. How well kept is this uniform? Is it like kept and pressed or is it wrinkled and like ragged as he's obviously focusing on something else? Oh my god, pressed pressed beyond belief. It's almost like it's a board that he's wearing. Oh. Stiff, clean. So in that case, I'm going to give you um, automatic difficult terrain on everything. <laughs> nice. <laughs> as you try to move around in your cardboard outfit. But you do get a plus one to AC. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it. Wish he would share that iron he has. He's the only one on the entire place, and he just keeps the ironing board to himself. He doesn't let anyone else use it. <laughs> I actually haven't even seen him use it on his own suit, surprisingly. It's because he doesn't have an ironing board. He irons ah. it on his arm. Oof. Oh. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, my. So, the frame of the communal hall has been already put to use. You know, more of a gazebo or a pavilion than it is a hall at present. And at some point, the muster call has gone out and breakfast is being served. Um, it's fairly meager, mostly your typical kind of porridge, some kind of rashers of meat. But it's, you know, serviceable, just definitely not luxury. And you're all, you know, kind of left to your own devices for a little bit, but your morning meal is interrupted as it has been only a few times before. When you feel a slight rumbling coming from the, the, the ground that you stand upon, the ground that is essentially just a very large tree branch. Um, as a new branch sprouts from the center of town just very rapidly growing very rapidly beginning to twist and gnarl itself up as it begins to kind of shift and you can see the branches spreading out of it turning into this vaguely humanoid figure as the branches that sprout forward from it begin to branch and joint out from the elbows creating almost six sets of forearms extending from the same elbow joint the torso just broadening and widening 
a flower bud erupting and blooming, creating this featureless face as a net of vines all begin to weave themselves, creating a thick, very dense cloak that kind of shrouds whatever features are already not present on this feature's face. And you watch as the hands begin to open and extend, and from within each of the hands, a pair of eyes emerge as they disconnect and become these floating orbs that just kind of begin to ring around the the figure before you. And you know this as an extension of the very tree itself. You know this figure only as Yggdrasil. It's only popped up a few times, mostly during the beginning of your endeavors, but it has popped up a few times to deliver either some kind of proclamation or you know, to call upon your number for some purpose or another. And as this is happening, three eyes separate from this ring and begin to float around the town. Like, everyone has stopped to watch this happen. Because usually when this happens means something big is happening. And as these eyes begin to float around, they all just kind of... You see them swiveling and somehow blinking without lids. It's a little unnerving. But they all ultimately stop one in front of each of you before it again blinks and its iris now matches your own iris as it just kind of stares stares you just straight in the face and somehow you know just in the deep pit of your stomach that you know that the tree has something for you what do you do is it more coffee by any chance even be more beans the eye stares at you unmovingly. Ah, oh, shit. That's worth an ask. Well, it looks like it's... Is, is it... I guess it's my turn? It similarly kind of looks at you unmovingly, but begins to kind of re- very slowly back away towards the host body. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Ash kind of just stares at the eye for a moment. Like, as it sits in front of him, kind of immediately leaping into a staring contest with this thing. <laughs> uh, and and after after a few moments, the eye itself blinks, not really caring for Ash's pride. Uh, and Ash just goes, all right, get the way. And just starts following as it backs away. So, yeah, each of these eyes just kind of lead you back to this figure. And you watch as, like whoever is around it's only maybe a population of maybe a hundred and you watch as like people just part like the red sea just to clear a path for you and you now stand before this figure this roughly 20 foot tall figure just kind of looming down at you its eyes just circling like in a halo you know it's always impressive every time i see i see this 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 being you see one of the eyes kind of like, if an eye could blush, it does. Oh, how kawaii. <laughs> yeah, that, that feels really uncomfortable to see. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure how much I like that. You even have blood in there to blush. I don't even. What is. Yeah, is I... it like, is it sap? I guess so. 
What do you, what do you want? What do you want? Yeah, what? yeah I'm, I'm with Ash. What's going on here? <laughs> oh, hi guys. Hey. Uh, hi. What's up, who? Uh, yeah, Hoon. Hoon. What's up? What's going on? Well, you know, I was just, you know, busy pondering what it means to work with quantum physics again, and and then, you know, I got the eyeball, same as you guys. I will never understand why you bother getting so deep into mathematics. I, you know, I, I kind of understand the concepts a little bit, you know, just like a puzzle trying to be solved, all that, yeah. There's better ways to apply that intelligence, I have to say. Well, like what? Well, like actively creating things, you know, the the practicality is a lot more real, tangible, the theoretical, you know. I, I I get that you're you're testing things, but why why bother creating something that you don't know if it's going to work when you can do things more immediate? This isn't. We're not getting into this right now. We don't need it. Trade. I, I do. I do agree with you. I definitely do agree with you. But but yeah, now is definitely not the time. Yeah, we keep it the fucking god waiting or whatever. No, please. This was interesting. Oh, see, even Andrew still is interested. All right. I, look, I think well, when, when you start looking into the, the, the manner of things, you know, you can start to understand that, you know, atoms will interact with each other in certain ways. And then when you try and transmute no. those atoms, yeah. then, then, you know, you can. Uh, All right. uh, what? Sorry. Hi. I was distracted in my own brain. What's going I on? I am bored now. Yeah, don't pull on the what tree. Do you, what do you have oh. against atoms? And you were in you were into it until atoms were mentioned. What's going on? There is a reason that you have been chosen. Okay. I'd hope so. There is an anomaly that needs fixing. Sure. And you are the ones chosen to fix it. Uh, I certainly am capable in, in some regards. Yeah, yes. Sounds fun. And wh why? Why? Left unchecked, this world that is causing the anomaly could cause further harm to the tree and thus destroy more realities with it. Seems like a net negative there if we uh, let that kind of slide typically a net loss yes yeah been there yeah all right you guys see hoon like just shake approvingly yep i agree what you need us to do yeah is it like a briefing it's a... the anomaly contained within this world is is a a blip it is a pause it is a disruption in the normal flow of time, a gap. Something that was planted long ago that is only now beginning to bear fruit. So, what, there's a moment missing? Yes. Wait, you're, you're, telling, you're telling me that there's a time machine somewhere? Oh, this is getting exciting. I always I thought we... that they were theoretically impossible, but now that mm. you're saying that it might be possible... You see all the eyes turn and stare daggers at Yohun. I think machine's not the right word here. I think it's more like, you know, uh, there's a there's a plant that has time control, I guess, is this guy, I'm assuming. I don't know, if you can tell about that stuff, I'd assume you can tell about a lot of stuff in terms of time. Uh, so you have some time now to prepare yourselves. I will warn you, this world that you are venturing to will be cold. Oh. Well, actually, that's pretty helpful. Is there, are there any other details of the environment we should know? Any, like, what do you have any idea of any kind of dangers we might be facing? Anything that we could actually prepare for? That is the problem with anomalies. I, mm. because it is a disruption to the flow of time. In this instance, I cannot see into it. Ah, uh, that checks out. 
Okay. So is it like cold as in like the people there are going to be like, oh, yeah, like, should we wear a you're coat? An asshole, or is it more like, yeah, like weather-based, like, you know, wear a coat, make sure to snuggle up. I would definitely recommend a nice cozy okay. parka. Mm. Perhaps a mirror right. mouse. Okay. Yeah. Noted. I'll have to talk to Silas about that, probably. Well, I... I, I... It was was there anything else? Are you, are you gonna like reward us? How do we get there? Let's give us like, a pay yeah. up front. What's... Yeah, that's a good question. When the time is right, just follow the eye. It will lead cool. you. All right, that's cryptic enough for me to be in. And you see, five of the eyes are tracked back into its palms, as just the one eye is left kind of floating there. Does does the eye have a name? Is it? Do we just like call it? Do, should we even bother addressing it? Is it negative? Okay. Sure. You may refer to it as Intersil, as it is part of me. Okay. Well, damn you! You, I'm, I'm uh, a little bummed you caught me because I was going to start referring to it as negative. But all right. Yeah, honestly, was on the same boat there, Ash. <laughs> Who? We can certainly start calling it negative. That would be kind of funny. Yeah. If that is your prerogative. Yeah, let's do it anyway. It's funny. All right, let's go to negative, guys. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Time is of the essence. Oh, right. The longer the anomaly grows. Time is weird. You watch the five eyes in its palms all roll at the same time. Oh, shut up. Don't you don't you roll your eyes at me, God. Get the fuck out of here. So it's at this point that Hoon uh, starts exiting the conversation because uh, Hoon knows that he needs time to get ready. Yeah, so it claps its hands together kind of very slowly and kind of strikes almost like a shavik pose before retracting back into the branch leaving a singular eye does the branch remain is there still like a branch in the middle of town it's a smaller branch it has definitely retracted most of itself it's just a smaller kind of branch with a single like flower hmm. oh pretty did Hoon say bye to you? Because he just walked away. He didn't even. I mean, to be fair, he we don't even like. Hey, see you guys later. I mean, to be fair, we don't like know each other all yeah, too well. I it, guess, but we're going on this like mission. I don't know. Just maybe might be the time for us to be like, hey, what's your deal? Hey, how are you? Maybe we should. I'm sure we'll have like we'll have time to talk it over on the way there. Yeah, we'll I mean, they didn't even answer how we're getting there. All right, I'm gonna go take care of my business. I I got a lot yeah, of beans to pack. I'm... I guess. I've got. I have a lot of finishing touches on a lot of projects that I got to do within the next 24 hours. Is it a day? Did they give us a day? I don't even know. I don't, they, I'm assuming generally when it's shit like this, it's like, oh yeah, we're sending you out tomorrow. We're sending you out in like a few hours. We're sending you. Yeah. It, it's always like some short time frame. I'm assuming it's oh. a day, but like I said, time is fucking weird here. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to go say bye to my, my last and uh, I guess I'll pack the rest of my, my stuff. All right, I, I guess. See you. Soon. Yeah. See, this um, is how you say goodbye. You say goodbye. It's at Q. You can call me Q. Yeah. Q. No problem. Got it. Ash. Right. Yeah. All right. So you all part ways, um, and I mean we'll start. Uh, Lieutenant Hoon, you left first. Um, who are you uh, headed towards, or what are you doing to prepare more or less? So. Hoon goes goes back to their cabin and he uh, starts starts looking around and he's like, hmm, I should probably memorize some of these equations here. They might be useful. Um, you know, that that's that's what he thinks to himself. And then goes into his drawer and pulls out 
uh, a small little notebook and you know he starts to re re like inscribe everything that he's written down frantically on um on his his floor and walls and uh then proceeds to go outside so you guys see Hoon walk out of their nice little shack of a lag, lag, uh, lag log cabin and um they walk over to the rain merryweather tabaxi twins and uh, i i I can I can guess that you know they they have some kind of building or you know what, what's DM where where, where am so I where am I headed? The tabaxi's known as Rain Merryweather, um, do have their own kind of building. It's slightly bigger comparatively because it's also doubles as the research station. Um, it's just as ramshackle as the rest of the buildings, but it just kind of has a more, um slightly more finished feel to it um and as you enter you see the the two tabaxi uh one of them is wearing a you know set of you know black robes with a green trim the other one wearing a set of white robes with a red trim and they're both leaning over a table full of just gizmos and gadgets and you know they both you know are sitting there just very animatedly talking with each other um, and just no. That's the thing. If you take this particular sprocket and merge it with that one, then when you start getting the electrical charge necessary to power, no, you don't understand. If you do that, that's what's going to cause an explosion. Oh my god! Hi guys. Hey. Um. So. Oh, Hoon. Yeah. How good to see you. It's, yes, it's, yes, it's, it's very that's good to see you. Pleasure to 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 be in your in your presence again. Oh, oh my. Um. Oh, oh. Is that is that is that the latest project? What, what's what's what, what are you doing? Shh, it's a secret. What do you, yes, what do you mean? No, it's top secret. It's our talk secret about it. now. Yes, no, it's ours, as in the other reigns and eyes. The Hoon is, like, confused. But, you know, yeah, you notice that, like, they have identical markings. Not in the same way that, like, twins are nearly identical, except, like, these guys, like, down to the whisker are nearly identical in terms of, like, their patterns and markings. Just, all right, we'll give you a hint. It involves explosions. Oh, oh, this is this is fun. Did you did you manage to get uh, get down what kind of radius you want to uh, incorporate? Like, have you managed to use the um, sprocket correctly? Well, so far, no. Because mostly what it does is when it goes out, it explodes, but it's supposed to be a self-contained temporal explosion. So it's supposed to kind of implode in the past. So you're trying to create some kind of anomaly? No, 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 no. We definitely didn't sure? say that. No, that's no. Exactly what it sounds like. No, definitely didn't say that. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's like you know, if you want to get rid of your enemies, you get rid of them before they become a problem. Is all I'm saying. So you know, you just you just get rid of them before they're your enemy, and then you don't deal with them. Well, there is time travel involved. So how how do you manage to you know rip open space time and get through you know the ideas that that we conceptually barely understand? I, I'm really curious. You see the two of them just kind of stare at you and then just kind of generically motion towards their. This we already live outside the shredded time. Eat. Right, but then there's also, you know, there's different use cases. So maybe we're in another timeline at that point. So 
I'm guessing you this this uh, device it manages to go through the tree from you know that that uh, existing universe. See, that's the problem. Is like every time we try it, it, you know, we use some of our smaller test subjects. They motion to like a cage full of mice. Just we try it with our test subjects, but in turn, it creates a new timeline that diverges from the other one, and we wound up with more than we started with somehow. So Rain was saying that we need to use, you know, the particular modifier in order to cease the temporal splitting. But the other Rain over here is saying that we need to actually just fully cut the branch at the source. So there is no branching. Hmm. Honestly, this might be something uh, different altogether. You may be creating new life from just this idea of trying to create an explosion to kill people. Uh, Frankly, I do support this. Um, We should probably look further into this and figure out, you know, if if there's different size uh, sprockets or, you know, if we can get any kind of temporal um, energy tubes involved. I would I'm, I'm so on board for this. So you're saying that we actually reframe the project as instead of being a weapon to destroy your enemies, you use it to propagate more. Propagate is a strong word. I would say creation of new intelligent life forms to possibly have as test subjects in the future. Hmm. You see the two of them kind of look at each other and like stand in like nearly identical um, poses, if not mirrored from one another. You've given us a lot to think about here. Well, that is my job. I, I do think as as my focus. You see the one uh, wearing the black robes just go over to a blackboard and like put on their little half moon spectacles and immediately begin erasing some stuff. Whereas the red one just kind of, well, you've given us a lot to think about. Time to go and just kind of start ushering you towards the door. Much to think wait, about. Much what are you do. guys doing over there? It looks like there's something. No, no, you know, no it's that... nothing to concern no, yourself I mean, with. Wait, what's over here? Look, it's so no. pretty. You guys are great. Uh, yes. Hold on. No, that's where. Can I, can our, I just um... casually? Uh, no, come on, come on. It's, nope. Top secret. Do not look under the curtain. There is, there is nothing behind the curtain. There is no curtain. What are you talking about? Time to go. Definitely a curtain. Oh, okay, uh, I can, I can definitely maybe you know figure it out later. It's cool. We'll let you know if we need an extra pair of brains on it. So time to go. Oh, okay, bye. And they just <laughs> door slams. Well, that was um. That was that was most fruitful. I, I have to I have to definitely uh, poke their poke their brains some more and figure out exactly what they're what they're trying to make because that new life thing could prove very useful in terms of testing certain devices in the future. Because the one I used to get here definitely definitely was dangerous for me. So if I can have something else to use in the future, that would be good. The door pops open just a little bit, and you know the white road rain is just like right. Hold on, we had something. Um, Hi again. Yes. Sorry, yeah, I was in my brain. It's fine. So were we. Um, you're going someplace cold, right? I mean, it's not like we were trying to overhear, but you know, we have very good ears, and it's a big talking tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody does hear the tree. Yeah. There so, are times when I'm in my room sleeping and I wake up at like 3 a.m. It's very unpleasant. Yeah, we might have something for that. Hold on. <clears throat> Door slams shut. You just hear a lot of like rustling and papers flying. You hear what sounds like maybe a chicken start clucking out of nowhere. And then just suddenly the door opens up again and rain reappears and it's like, okay, so here you go. They extend their paw and there's three rings sitting in it. 
Just what, what, what perhaps do these try to accomplish? Well, these will just kind of help against some of the cold, is all. So, so what, is it a bracelet? Are they giant hoop earrings? Um, They're rings for your finger. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, because, you know, the, the size definitely matters. Yeah, no, they are definitely finger rings. Hey. Hoon, you are see, you uh, thinking straight? What's got your head quite so twisted? Oh, no, it's not twisted. More so, you know... Do you when, hear when a loud boom come from deeper into the uh, research area? Well, that's a story for another time. Time to go and just slams the Wait, door. What was that? <laughs> just drops the rings. <laughs> well, these these seem kind of useful. Uh, yeah, I'll bring I'll bring them back. Then you see Hoon picks up the rings. Yeah. Um. So those are three rings of warmth. Ooh, they do appear to be emanating some kind of aura. God, I wish I could. Ah. Uh... Yes, yes, these, uh, yes, these, these will work. These will definitely work. All right. Um, anything else you'd like to accomplish in this uh, preparatory period? Um, so it's at this moment that uh, you see a, a moment of realization go across Hoon's face as he remembers. Oh, oh, oh my gosh! I almost forgot. I have a massive burly coat in in my in my rundown shack. Let me let me go ahead and, and see if it's still in one piece. I, I remember I used it for. An, an experiment once, oh, uh, and, and you see Hoon um, hurriedly goes back to the cabin um, and goes and discovers that their coat definitely is not in one piece. Uh, <laughs> you see that it's strewn about in certain ways, kind of like how um, downy feathers inside of a pillow get blasted out of it after a beautiful pillow fight, and it's just in, in a rumpled mess covering some kind of mechanical ridiculous exploded mess oh oh no um oh okay all right i definitely forgot that um i don't normally forget this is weird oh, okay M maybe i should go um meet up with with the other with the other folks oh, okay all right all right so you make your way back to the waiting point let's flash back a little bit quincy what are you doing during this prep period so uh quincy as he's uh walking away from the uh gazebo uh looks over towards uh, the side of this pathway he's on, uh, sees a sprouting up flower, uh, grabs the flower uh, off the ground, gives it a deep inhale. Mm, all right, this will do. Uh, and over like the course of a minute is casting uh, magic mouth on this flower. Um, and as he does so, uh, he, he uh, speaks some words that the uh, flower may eventually one day speak. Uh, and heads towards uh, the um, <laughs> the kind of like an I suppose a, an office building I guess the the, the equivalent of such uh, it, this uh, little uh, ran down uh, settlement. Yeah, weirdly, it's um, one of the only buildings that has like the facade of like something resembling stucco on it. Like, there's even in like this world beyond worlds, this office building is just as boring looking as any other thing <laughs> as soon as i enter it uh the frame immediately goes into black and white um you see that uh quincy uh, looks down at his lockpick set that was uh, open from the original introduction uh he uh presses down on this uh side panel that opens up the uh under part of the kit and you see a pristine collection of uh four pipes uh, underneath all the tools 
takes out one of the pipes, puts it in his mouth, lights it up, closes the kit, puts it on his side, takes a deep inhale, blows out the smoke. Uh, immediately, the entire hallway that he's in fills up with it, uh, setting the mood for a, uh, well, a confrontation. And as he does so, he uh, heads down the hallway to uh, a uh, door that specifically says on the front of it, O Adler. Um, uh, underneath is, of course, her title, a sentient typewriter, um, which he knocks on the door three times. Well, I guess more like a pattern like that. Waits for a click-click from the other side. Uh, as he listens for it, he finally hears it, opens it up, and uh, sees uh, his love uh, in the exact same spot where he left her because she cannot move, um, Olympia Adler. And as he enters, he closes the door behind him, uh, and uh, you see that the, the frame goes uh, as a wide shot as he's standing there smoking his pipe just looking at her uh she can't look back there are no eyeballs uh blows out some smoke olympia uh tree uh i'm sure you heard came up and spoke to me said that uh i gotta be out on uh, some sort of mission saw some sort of anomaly so you know uh not sure exactly how that's gonna go Never been on one of these before, um, but I brought you a little something to uh, hold on to till I'm back. Um, and he places the flower down on the desk next to her. Oh, you don't. Listen, you don't have to wear it. You really don't. I know you're trying to. It's... Please hold your peace. Let me let me speak for a moment. I I can't talk over. Okay, you're getting really loud with. It. All right, I gotta add grease to it. Okay, give me a second. He goes into his uh, pouch, grabs some oil and oils her gears sensually um, as just like very slowly uh, looking straight at the uh, typewriter. Uh, it's very romantic as he oils uh, her keys and they suddenly sound much better. Um, there you go. You can you can speak now. Yes, I know it's going to be dangerous. That's why the tree talked to me first. Uh, you know, it's, it can't be more dangerous than what's going on in my head already. So... Uh, Either way, um, this flower, if anything is to happen to me, uh, if I were to find myself not being able to return to you, we'll, uh, we'll speak and we'll let you know my final words. Um, but I think we've had plenty of words already, especially last night. Um, so, <sighs> I, uh, never was one for goodbyes, as you know, um, that's why I never said bye to Ratson. And as he says Ratson, uh, scurrying up his shoulder, a small rat in a medical coat uh, with um, a little name tag that says Dr. Ratson on it, uh, just scurries up on his shoulder. Ratson, not now. This is between us, all right? Can you just give us some room? Give us some space? Uh, and it scurries off uh, outside the door. Anyways, um, I just want you to know uh, that... Uh, I, uh, was very lucky in order to, to meet a woman writer type, I don't, you never really told me, alright, yeah, just a typewriter, got it, a typewriter such as yourself, um, 
thank you for always listening to my extremely long monologues uh, and and the like. But um, this is where I want to say goodbye for now. And Quincy stands up from the uh, seated position he was in before and gently leans down and gives a kiss uh, right on uh, Hajiki and uh, then I'm in hell what? what's what's problem what's the problem there is there an issue don't hey this is a romance all right? continue let me, uh, romance is my typewriter the way I want pardon my interruption and continue no it's fine it's absolutely fine this is just a very deep emotional moment for us um, and it's being interrupted but that's fine uh, as Quincy uh, stands up brushes himself off um, and uh, he goes to leave the room turns back one last time to see the typewriter again still not moving from the position because she can't move nor looking at him because she doesn't have eyeballs uh, and sees a piece of paper uh, kind of fly off of uh, where she was and it just says uh, come back with a little uh, less than three uh, sign he nods solemnly I will. Don't worry, Olympia. I will. Uh, and shuts the door behind him. Oh, Ratson, that was tough, man. That was tough. Uh, he squats down and picks up Ratson. Thanks for giving us some space back there. I know, I know, Z was able to hear everything. You feel a little jealous, whatever. Can't really do anything about him, but maybe eventually we can, eh? Let's, uh, let's scurry on out there and grab our coat on the way out. Oh, and that reminds me, you know what? I do have to pick up a few things. Um, probably like my journal. Yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, and he leaves the office building um, and returns to color once more. Uh, <laughs> runs back to his cabin. Uh, underneath his uh, sleeping bag, he pushes down on a loose floorboard that then rises another loose floorboard across the room. Uh, goes over to it, uh, uh, knocks on it five times. Then another floorboard opens up in the uh, another corner of the room. He goes over to that, spits on it, rubs it really nicely uh and then the finally the last corner of the room a small floorboard opens up he goes over to that takes his journal out uh with a little inkwell pen puts it in his kit um grabs his overcoat uh ready to dust uh, his path behind him um buttons it up looks in the mirror does his tie takes one less puff of his uh pipe puts it down all right q Time to get back out there. Q-cubed investigations, ready to come out of retirement. Let's do this. Uh, walks out of his cabin, back to the gazebo to wait. You are such a bitch. <laughs> I, so I, much. I don't know what you mean. Did I do something wrong? Like, where does the lipstick go? Where does the lipstick go? I was go? thinking the same thing. I, that's between me and my love. All right? You don't that's need That's disgusting. Know. Hey. Normally? Hey. Normally? I don't kink shame. I don't like turn away love. Love is love. You know, you love who you love. That's fucking nasty. Hey, there's nothing wrong with a typewriter and, and a half uh, a gnome just, you know, just finding true love between each other. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing who with it. kisses their partner goodbye on the G key? <laughs> Air quotes. Hey, listen, it's the G key. <laughs> all right. It's like goodbye is what it stands for. Uh huh. Um, hey, babe, let me kiss you goodbye. Bend <laughs> over. <laughs> what do you? I don't know what you're implying right now. All right, you don't know the anatomy of a sentient typewriter. All right, you don't get it. 
You don't understand. I don't Thank want you. to. Then don't I ask don't questions. Then don't ask questions, all right? Don't don't open up the door. Just let me have my romantic yeah, love interest. I imagine that entire scene had like careless whisper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Soft, like, in, like, a real soft jazz, uh-huh. like bluesy kind of like background accompaniment. For some reason time. it was raining. For some reason. For just... some reason. You look out the windows, the windows are enchanted. It just always <laughs> raining. Always be raining. Yeah, it's weird. We were really made for each other. <laughs> Does does Olympia get jealous of that floorboard you have to spit on? Uh, you know, it's not sentient, so I don't think so. But you know, it's a living tree. Where'd you get the wood from? Oh shit! Oh fuck! You just still hasn't brought anything up though, so I think I'm in the clear. They haven't said, you know, stop spitting on me. This feels like it needs to be an HR. Thing. Yeah. Well, when we get an HR, we can go ahead and implement that. All right. Next NPC to add to the list: human yep. resources. Yeah, we need an HR department. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that might be good. Or at least a therapist. Mm, nah, that's probably better. Sure. Honestly, that's actually good. So, um, <laughs> let me get my bearings again after that steamy steam. Yeah, no um, yeah, sorry for the sexual tension. Oh, gosh, uh, I was on the nice. edge of my chair the entire time. Um, so was she. Gross. Um, no, she was on a desk. I mean... Oh yeah, yeah, I mean yeah, that's fair. I I tried to really push that one. Yeah, yeah. You know, it. I I got I got to give you props. You tried you tried some furniture play joke. It just didn't work. Next time you'll get him. Nah, it wasn't there. Yeah, I, I'm gonna keep. Uh, you'll got him. I'm you gonna, get him, champ. You got. I'm this. on table laughing now though. Boo. I'm on table laughing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so Ash. Alright. What, <laughs> what does Ash? <laughs> 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 so ash what do you do during this prep time the first thing ash does is make that noise as he's walking away just, hey! uh, <laughs> and he he goes back to his cabin and almost immediately begins a gear up scene straight out of an action movie Sick. uh he walks into the room and like without even fucking looking grabs like just a handful of tools off of his um off of some kind of fucking platform uh like doesn't throw but rolls a couple of them out of his hand so they roll up his forearm and catches them like in the crevice of his collarbone like kind of holds it between his collarbone and his head like someone would a cell phone walks up to the desk where there is the loose pile of bones and begins tinkering uh within a few minutes he seems to stop, like, rolling, continuously switching tools between his, his, like, collarbone and his hand, pulling out what he needs, fiddling with some last mechanics. Uh, and the last thing he does is he puts all his tools, like, continues to hold them in that position, reaches over into his left hand to his wedding ring, and pulls the little ruby uh, that's set in the ring out, uh, puts it on the desk, reaches over to his right hand, which holds his wife's wedding ring and takes the uh, matching ruby out of that one, puts it on the desk and slots it into two little positions on the front of a mechanical skull uh, on the desk. And as he does so, you hear this whirring, clicking noise as the eyes seem to blink and shudder in that very much like camera shutter-esque way of the multiple flaps like shutting in a spiral and then opening right, back like an up. Aperture. And these, yes. And the skull rises off the desk, held up by a metal endoskeleton. Uh, this this small metal robotic dragon with two 
small ruby red irises set in metal eyeballs. Uh, this, like, how it literally is just a skeleton made out of steel, right? So it is an empty rib cage. It is like bone legs with, uh, like, incredibly delicate and beautifully carved uh, digits on each of the paws because it is a four-legged creature. Uh, there are not any wings on its body. And it seems to be held together with some kind of, like, rue string or, or some kind of thing connecting its metal bones together rather than any form of joint or any form of muscle or cartilage or any of that. Uh, and as as this creature raises itself from the desk, from the desk, as this creature raises itself from the desk, you see Ash's eyes, like his eyes and his physique for the very first time soften. And to, to describe Ash as well, uh, physically, Ash is a taller hobgoblin man. Uh, taller for his kind, not super tall. Ash is about like uh, 6'2". Um, he is like deep tan red skin, almost the color of terracotta. Uh, pointed red ears that stick out of the back of his head, but kind of fold to the sides of his head, not protruding out like an elf's. Uh, slicked back black hair that is shaven on the sides, held up in the back uh, in a top knot. Uh, kind of loose and hair splayed out. It's it's not a clean top knot. It's not well shaven. It's just there to keep the hair out of his face. Um. His, his attire is, like I said previously when I introduced him, it's loose, it's wrinkled. Uh, it's it's not well cared for, it's not cared about. It, it's in large part just a covering. Um, and for the very first time since we've seen Ash, his physique and his facial features soften as this little dragon comes to life. Um, and Ash kind of sits into a stool and puts one arm on the desk and just says, Good morning, Bum. And the little dragon kind of clambers onto his arm, uh, up onto across his shoulders, coiling around like a neck pillow, and goes into the the collarbone where Ash is still like holding the tools and swallows them. Uh, Ash, after this, stands back up once Bone is seated around his shoulders, walks over to the melted pile of metal with a flat top in one corner of the room, uh, reaches up to Bone, who kind of barfs into his hand this little clicking mechanical device it is it is um it is almost dirty in, in how to describe it it is it is and in that i mean it is covered in earthy material right so it seems to crumble almost as it falls into ash's palm this little chunk of some kind of material which ash unceremoniously just underhand tosses into the pile and as it collides with the metal the metal kind of opens around it and allows the material to sink into it before shutting again and the metal goo starts to take shape here as well forming a small humanoid body uh slightly smaller than q standing at about two feet tall this diminutive humanoid form stocky well-built almost almost dwarven uh but instead of a head there's just a flat tray on top uh like where from shoulder to shoulder, it is just a flat like medical tray. Uh, Go on. <laughs> I can't. That's about the extent of the description of Daedra. Um, Ash then takes uh, his clothing and completely uncaring, fully undresses himself. <clears throat> goes over to his closet, which is a chair with clothes on it, uh, and grabs, grabs his, his fancy clothes, which is 
uh, not fancy, but his old clothing. A, a set of attire that he created and designed for himself. Um, it is a, a simple shirt, a heavy pair of pants, and on top of it, he drapes his armor plating, which, rather than actually being armor, is a set of terracotta plates overlaying each other. Uh, almost chainmail, but made out of, out of stone, that he throws on top of his shirt, and he uh, rolls around a, a skirt of, like, oh, once again, overlaying chainmail terracotta plates. Uh, much like if you've seen, uh, like, samurai, how they have the, the wooden mm-hmm. skirts. Right. It, it's like that, but with earthen terracotta instead of any kind of wood. Uh, in this, Ash finally finishes putting on his garb, and the last thing he does in his cabin is walk over to the pile of little metal discs in one corner. In the, like, not in a quarter of a room, but kind of, like, on in a pile. And he sits down in front of it and utters one word under his breath, and the entire pile springs to life. Have you ever seen a video where somebody kills a spider that is carrying an egg sack and suddenly there are millions of spiders like flowing out from beneath it? No, bad. As Ash utters that word under his breath, the entire pile of metal discs come to life. A set of eight legs springing from each one as they scuttle and swarm across the room and up onto his body each one taking a position under the terracotta plate oh, no. of his armor, oh, I hate this. which for a moment ruffles it and creates this look of like when an aggravated lizard kind of ruffles its scales to make itself look bigger. There is this feeling as these things slide under Ash's terracotta armor to make him imposing, to create this like force as these terracotta scales seems to ripple and wave with the, like the force of these spiders uh, clambering underneath before they settle and click down into this terracotta armor overlaid on top of metal spiders on top of a normal shirt armor. Uh, a, a variety of different mechanical beasts and creatures and homunculi uh, underneath Ash's armor, Daedra, which is the flat-headed, the, the tray-headed little homunculus, standing at Ash's side and bone the metal dragon curled around his shoulders. Uh, Ash finishes gearing up by grabbing his two weapons. A sword and a scabbard, uh, very slightly very slightly curved, which he hooks into his belt. And a bow, which you can see is... I'm not going to describe how the bow looks. We don't need to go into weaponry, even though I love it. Uh, and a bow, which he slings over his back, along with a quiver of arrows. And once all that is done, Ash turns to uh, turns to Bone and says, "So, we're um, we're going out again. If you couldn't tell, uh, we're heading somewhere cold this time. So, we're gonna need to stop to to get some some new clothing. You good for a visit to Silas?" And the little dragon. Uh, coos affectionately and kind of butts up against Ash's head. And Ash just like reaches a hand over to pet it and walks out the door. So that was simultaneously awesome and nightmare fueling. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brain. yeah, no, totally tracks. Um wow. so Silas's shop is just one of the shops like kind of surrounding the central square. It's um 
nothing especially fancy, but you can definitely get the impression that he has gone out of his way to try and make it look fancy. Like there's not much glass to go around. So there is just a giant like window front with the mannequin set up inside of it, but no actual window. (laughs) So there's just like mannequins all sporting just various forms of attire. Um, You can kind of see even through the window, just a uh, very sharply dressed man kind of puttering about on another mannequin. Uh, Ash knocks at the door and before even getting a response walks in hearing the little bell tingle yeah i was just about to say he's definitely got a little bell tinkle (laughs) and just waits for silas to come as he always does all right darling hold on just a moment and you see a very well-dressed man in impossibly black suit like it almost like it's almost like it's just been cut completely out of void stuff um like you can't actually determine any kind of like light or shadow it just like he's just a person-shaped void with a very crisp white shirt and red tie um you can swear like as you look deeper into what would be shadows you can see some star stuff kind of like twinkle through and he's just kind of got immaculately sweeped back swept black hair swept back black hair um with very piercing yellow eyes and he's just oh ash darling how very wonderful to see you what brings you in this time afternoon silas uh i'm sure you heard since it was not feet from your storefront uh oh yes no quite quite impossible to not eavesdrop on that one isn't it yeah so i need some cold gear i've been uh i've been too busy working on working on these three or, or these two and you know the other hundreds so hmm, you need winter career i mean we've got a factor in you're in autumn so that's going to be a bit of a challenge but it's all right i think you i can just give me a code no no no. it has to be bespoke i wouldn't dream it... of sending you off without the proper accoutrement like I... silas i get it look i get it i get uh, trust me you know I get I it. I know you get it, but I think you, al- you need you to understand also know, that I need to do this. You also know what I do to fashion. Like, wh- how it ends up when it is on me. It does not end up... It does n- It never comes back in one piece, okay? <sighs> Tragically, this is true. You see him kind of, like, reach behind, like, himself and, like, kind of pull out these two very, like, unnecessarily large knitting needles. Jesus and just, Christ. like... No, just just hold still. I'm sure I have something here. Hold on. And you see him just kind of like pointing okay. around like Mary Poppins, fairy god- godmother style, just pointing around at like different piles of fabric in his room um, as like you can see this crimson energy just kind of crackle along the wands and just like envelop these piles of fabric just begin to like swirl and fly through the air. Um Silas, Silas, before before anything touches me. Before you even get a chance. Uh, (laughs) No. Like, there's just suddenly this flurry of fabric around you. Not more than three seconds later, you have, like, this really just over-large, very bulky parka. Like, very thick fur trim. Very thick pink earmuffs. And just, mm, no, 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 that quote, hold on. And you see him just kind of, like, wave it again as there's just another flurry of fabric. 
Come on, darling, you were saying something. Um, yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple of the the spiders, the enemies. There's a couple of them on that parking now. I, the reason I asked you to wait was they're still kind of set to do the terror response and anything that touches me. They're supposed like they're set to to coat anything that comes into contact. So I'm gonna have I'm gonna clean those up later. Yeah, I'm don't sorry. worry about it. It's fine. I'll deal with them okay. later. And you see, there's just another flurry of fabric, and you just get like something that's like just very pink and kind of gaudy. Just no, what was I thinking? Hold on. And you just it goes I through a few. Like oh well, all right. I'll take that into consideration. And you see him just kind of like fling it around again, and like eventually, like lands on like this very like surprisingly practical, like deep, like brownish leather coat. Um, oh, with yeah. like a nice uh, fur trim around it. Now, do be sure to send your friends in. I'm sure they're going to need something. And, oh, absolutely. Oh, one moment, though, you see him just kind of flick his uh, wand needle a little bit, and you feel just like embroidering into the back of it, uh, just Mandrake designs. <laughs> <laughs> How big did you make it? How big did you make it? How broad are your shoulders, darling? <laughs> Honestly, don't that, answer that. I already know. I took your message. Yeah, that question. That's good <laughs> enough. I was gonna say you need to make it as big as possible. You do good shit. Yeah, no, it's no harm in advertising. Hold on, let me check one thing. Pocket, pocket, pocket. Oh, no less than ten pockets. I love you. Would I dream of giving you anything less than that? <laughs> you know I love it. I need the practicality. Of course, that's what I, I have. Hope. I have so much shit I need to take with me everywhere. Oh, don't I know it? You're basically a walking toolbox. It is. I do not I like I know a lot of people take a lot of time out of their day to exercise and like keep themselves fit literally walking somewhere is exercise for me I get sweaty oh, I, from just carrying everything with me oh I can imagine it that's why I just you know, levitate everything it's how you maintain this lean figure that and infernal packs you know you know that levitation would help it certainly would <laughs> okay I, hold on I gotta Bone, could you get like the spider? They're everywhere. Uh, yeah, just go yeah. get them. So hold on. You see him just kind of like just swing his wand around. You just see like all the spiders just kind of like <laughs> levitate, surrounded by these little crimson fields of energy. And yes, no, here, these are yours. And just Thank sets you. them unceremoniously down in a pile at your feet. <laughs> yeah, they just they just clamber back up the body. And again, there's that that feeling of like or that appearance of ruffling scales as they clamber underneath the terracotta plates before settling in once more. Yes, no, oh, wait, hold on one moment, and you see him just kind of like with, like, just kind of tap the two ne uh, needles together and just creates, just like, by, as he spreads it, just a scarf very rapidly knits itself in this very, um, you wouldn't think it would go considering your skin tone, but actually goes, like, it contrasts just enough to ties like the brown of your coat and the red of your skin tone together that it kind of creates a nice like color shift. Silas, I'm going to make you a promise. Yes. If nothing else, I will salvage this scarf. Yes, no, just do trust me. That was made with love. The, the, I know it was. <laughs> the coat, the coat, I can't make any promises. But yes, the scarf. no, that's why I made it with what I had lying around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I would go and fetch the other two but it appears they're already waiting outside oh you know i have been meaning to get glass for that window yeah i i assume they're yeah. there waiting i'm gonna go outside and get them real quick yes yes do 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 come in <laughs> hey you too if you're still doing preparations for the uh silas has got some clothing for you all right yeah 
Sounds good to me. Uh, Hoon, we'll continue this conversation later, yeah? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, de definitely. This, this is a great, great information. Yeah, Thank you. Honestly, learned a lot about you in that, that time. That was crazy. <laughs> a lot of right, backstory. Lots of backstory for both of us there. That's yeah, we, we were we were talking about how you had like a great grandma or something. I think it was. That's or... right. And you you had parents at one point in your life. That was <laughs> yeah. That was that was, that was a, a long time ago. Long time. Yeah. Ago. Long time ago. Yeah. Me too. Uh, anyways, hey, uh, Silas. Yes, Quincy. Own oh, hoon. Oh, sharply dressed as always. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, and Quincy. You should let me take that in a little uh, bit. This this thing. Oh, come on. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just it's it's the length is just it's not long enough, honestly. <laughs> I like where you're going with that actually. You know, I, I thought you were gonna trim it down, but uh see you get it. I love Silas. I this guy is great. No, I oh, know yeah. I it's, it's again it's all it's part of the magic, darling. Absolutely. <laughs> like do you see this scarf? Oh my goodness. Wow, they like as you as you like wow. go to show it off, like it just like faintly glints in the light like you see like a sheen run through it purely cosmetic but <laughs> yeah a it's a, is look. A, this is a scarf of billowing oh <laughs> wow can i get a dust you know billowing? what yes now it is i want one give me a dust billowing i mean that seems rather counterintuitive if you're going to a rather cold oh, place isn't right. it darling yeah tell you what can you make it look smoky for no reason just like just slight smoke coming off of it like it's not hot or anything mm, just like let's like see and you see him like you know this he like spins his uh knitting needles around like drumsticks for a moment and just see like all the fabric in the shop just begin to kind of lift and uh levitate again and just points it at the two of you as there's just a flurry of fabric and just oh no um oh my you're quincy you're rather hard to get right you're more of a spring i do i but yeah, it's hmm, and you just kind of like you see him kind of flipping. Whereas you, Hoon, you you're more of a summer. So hold on a minute, and you see him just kind of like flipping around. You Wait, just hold the two hold of on. you just. Um, I have, I have I've actually been been meaning to ask you, Silas. Uh, I you know I I am a man of practicality myself, but you know there I also want to keep my my fine look. Is there is there a way that you know you can put so Put put my uh, my my attire in, in to to be able to hold things while still looking the same. Oh, hmm, you're a tricky one, aren't you? Hmm. Let's see what I can whip up. And you see, like his eyes kind of glint a little bit. They give like the classic eye, like ching. As he just, <laughs> <laughs> you see, there's just like an even bigger flurry of fabric as you just see him, just like kind of like, kind of channeling just a ton of energy. <laughs> as you just watch as like you know just for you quincy just this really like really sharp um but still very like kind of cozy like deep blue kind of like with a hint of like a slate blue kind of coat just kind of rests itself with like a nice like kind of tartan um trim around the edge um very nice and then um oh can't forget and you see him just kind of like trace like a circle like down towards the edge it's just as long as your uh, just like it's like an inch longer we'll say actually than the rest of this, your regular coat this is so much of a difference you have no idea for us gnomes every inch counts every single one so this one right here this is amazing you've done some big work today for me thank you so much Silas. it's not the size it's how you use it love uh, and you see him kind of whip his wand around a bit and just like a capelet um 
you know, that in this case just falls pretty much just past your elbows, um, made of that same kind of tartan print, um, just extends from your collar and just drapes down and just ever so slightly begins to smoke. <laughs> now this, this is perfection. I could go anywhere like this. And you, Hoon, and you see him just kind of like, yes. <laughs> just like whip his wand, his needle wands around, and you see like it's this, it's kind of like a nice, like kind of charcoaly gray, mm. um, with just this really rich kind of like auburn fur trim, like around like the neck that still maintains like that very sharp like hourglassy shape, um leaned inside you actually feel like you can feel the pockets like lining the interior of your coat with the two very large pockets like reaching like from your waist like almost to your knee um but just a really there's like a really broad kind of auburn belt around it Ooh. and just all right now hold on a moment i got something you see him just you see starts like again just furiously like air knitting as uh you know matching scars for each of you uh, just kind of <laughs> begin to like weave Aww. themselves around uh, your necks. You got a trio of scarves of billowing. Oh, I, I get one too. Well, yes, I wouldn't dream of it. Oh, and wait, and you see him just kind of give like a quick little whoop, little like hoop, and like a pair of earmuffs just like drop onto your head, Hoon. <laughs> oh, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly what I. Oh, oh my. Oh, you know me, Silas. Well, yeah, I can't. Your your hair is so well manicured. You can't deprive the world of that. Thank you. Oh, and of course, and you see him just kind of like with twin swipes of his wands. You feel like you know Mandrake designs just like embroider itself in huge ostentatious letters across the back. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, some of my finest work yet. Silas does good work. What do I? I'll I'll cover the whole party. Don't worry about it. It was a. I enjoy a challenge. Silas, you know I don't run like that. What can I do for you? I don't. Mm, we'll figure that out at a later date. All right. We'll say you owe me one. I got you. It's not every day that. Well, is it? I mean, I really have lost all sense of time here, so it's. Ta- I, I. I guess to think about it this way, it's all like a single day. I guess. According to the espresso machine that I got, it's been about like a month, but I don't think that's right. I just think I drink a lot of espresso coffee. Espresso machine, you say, love? Uh, yeah, no, I, I got an espresso machine. It's uh, pretty lovely. Um, only problem with it is, you know, ingredients not so prevalent up here. In right, right, right. Yes, no, that does make sense. But um, if you do happen to come across some fresh beans, I would really murder for an espresso I right might now. actually do Double that. Double shot if he could. All things considered, I might kill people for their uh, coffee <laughs> beans. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't, really, but... Well, I've definitely put people away for it, but myself, I haven't really done so, so... You know. What the fuck is espresso? I'm so glad you asked, Ash. I will absolutely... Oh God, it's like the best thing on the planet. See? Or tree. Yeah, no, you gotta try it. So, just everyone clarified... Everyone, just so you know, Ash is getting the first cup when we get back, all right? That's just, we gotta let that first cup oh, is... Yeah, I, I completely no, I agree. I suppose I can agree to that. Ash, you're absolutely gonna hate the taste. You're gonna love the effects. Mm. Uh, that doesn't sound... All right. It's about the efficiency. It's, yeah. it's honestly up your alley. Oh, Trust me. I'm sorry to interrupt, loves, but I think you might have a bit of... Um, oh. He motions towards his 
empty window and there's just the eye sitting there staring oh uh well guess this is our exit then thank you again silas of course of course don't worry about it we'll 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 send the bill later now if you excuse me i'm working on another project of sorts you see a small nod from hoon take care toodles as Silas starts to walk away, Silas is able to catch sight of Bone kind of dashing around a corner, who seems to have gotten into some of the clothing and is is now wearing like, you know, like a, a how sometimes you'll walk around and you'll see people carrying their dogs and they have like dog jackets. <laughs> uh, Bone has like a full dog parka and like little snow booties. It's, oh, that's utterly adorable. But hold on a second. You see him just very nonchalantly flick his wand and it, like the color shifts. To like a nice, um, mm. let's say like a nice, like deep teal. And just, I mean, of course, you see him uh, just another quick wave and a matching scarf. <laughs> Bone does the, does much like a cat will do, just like runs up to Silas, winds in between his legs a thousand <laughs> times just to try and trip him and then back onto Ash's shoulders. <laughs> now, do take care. And remember, if anyone asks, tell them where you got it. Yeah, definitely. Of yeah, no problem. So, as you exit the shop, the eye is just kind of standing there, waiting for you. All or right, uh, floating there, I suppose, is the pre- the correct language. But now, what did we say we were going to call this thing? It was like nothing it was the negative. Or like not... was neg- we're, go- we're going to negative. Tree was I like forgot. negative. Well, oh, yeah, we're following oh, negative. Oh, I got here. No, we're following negative guys, right here. We're talking about the. You know, the, we the, never. Yeah, that was the other thing I actually was thinking that too, Hoon. We don't actually know the name of this place. Maybe it might be a little better for us to know the name. I mean, uh, we we know that it's cold. We know we're there to find a blip. I don't think a name. All right, the cold necessary. blip. The cold blip, right? Just no, uh, the cold. The... Yeah, it's like how do you name? How do you name a the timeline? Cold place, right? I guess. Yeah. All right, the cold place. I feel like we. Okay, I think uh, that's very accurate. But doesn't roll off the tongue as well. We're following the eye, correct? The, just during this, the freezer. So the eyes Ooh. just That's ever cool. so slightly beginning to kind of like float backwards away. <laughs> yeah, you can it. negative. You can move faster. Yeah, we're, we, we're you. right behind you, negative. We uh, it we're just rolls. Following. It rolls itself. Um, until it gets itself. That looks so weird when you're not in a body. It, like floats itself kind of more towards a a little away from town before pivoting and back to stare at you and you see it like for a second it's almost like it kind of like pac-man like closes over itself before like opening again and you watch as now the eye just continues to you can now that you look at this eye is like roughly the size of like a volleyball um and you're watching as it just begins to get ever so slightly bigger and you can watch, see inside the pupil, Peculiar. almost as if it were like looking through a TV screen in a way. As it continues to get bigger and bigger, and suddenly now it's like three feet wide, and then it's like five feet wide, and it's just getting bigger and bigger until That's it's deadly. fully big enough that the pupil is fully wide enough that you would be able to walk through it. And you can see on the other side is a branch. You know, with um you can see further systems, further stars 
um, than what you would normally be able to see. But you can see that, like, if you were to just, it's like there's no film there. It's just a, a hole with the tree branch, like, leading out from it. Well, I hate this, Ash says, as he walks through the door. <laughs> I've had worse. Uh, this is this is probably all right. Looks fine in there, I guess. It's pretty cool, actually. Come on, Hoon. You, you see Hoon is, like, furiously scribbling. Um, does He barely even acknowledges that he's being talked to. Hey, I got you. I got you. Uh, as uh, as you're, like, scribbling, uh, I put my finger up to your head, and I pull out a little encode thoughts and put it right <laughs> down in your journal. There you go. You can open that up in a couple of hours. Oh. Your exact thoughts will oh be right my, there. Oh, my God. Right this, is, this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Isn't it? Isn't it? Let's go. So Come on. Let's, uh, All right. Yeah, let, let's get. Let's I, go. It's what I do. That you see, so you do see, like, Quincy opens up his, like, coat, and you just see, like, a whole, like, just bunch of these, like, thought strands just floating inside his coat. Um, yeah, no. Oh, my, oh my okay, God. You have a whole fur coat in there? This is just from the walk here. I've just been kind of like putting them down in there, but yeah, absolutely. And button back up. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, wow. Go. Yeah. Good. Good for you. Let, all right. Let's let let's let's go for this. So, you walk through the eye, and as you step out onto the other side, you it doesn't feel any different. Like the air around you definitely feels a little colder. It definitely feels a little just thicker. Like, because you're further away from the actual trunk of the tree. And if you look behind you, it's like a mirrored reflection of that same eye as it just very suddenly gets, contracts it back onto itself, back to the size of a volleyball, um, and just maintains its orbit kind of around you. Really got to get down how the eyeball does that. My way was way more complicated. I kind of don't want to know. And it just begins to float off until you see, you can see below you. Like, it is a vast silvery ball of light um, that you can see, like, within it, there's, like, planets. There are just other star systems within it. And it's just floating there right below you. And the eye just kind of hovers out over the edge of the branch and then flicks down and looks up at you again, flicks down, looks up at you again. Yeah, we got it. Thanks. Yeah, you got like a parachute. Is that even a real thing? Well, say? I, I guess there's no time like, like the present. Yeet! You see Hoon jumps. Oh! <laughs> and Hoon just heats himself I... from the branch. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Uh... Uh, Ash just walks over to like a small, like standard size tree branch growing out of this branch because like every every tree has like those little of branches. Yeah, and one of those on the Yggdrasil would be the size of a full tree. <laughs> uh, so Ash just walks over to one and grabs like one of those like crawly vines that hang in the top of every mm-hmm. kind of tree, and just like hangs it down. And oh grab- no, that was temporal poison just, like, ivy. Oh, you're got to give me a con save. Ouch. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm kidding. Good. You're itchy both in the past, yeah. uh, the present, and the future. It's just all of the above, just itchy in every single setting. Man, my nose is going to itch forever. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just unfortunate. Uh, Ash just grabs a pitten out of his uh, jacket because, of course, he has a pitten. Everyone has a pitten. It's D and D, and pins the vine into the tree branch and just starts climbing down. 
Yeah, uh, you run out of branch pretty quickly to repel off of, and you're just kind of dangling Quincy, over. Quincy drops down on top of Ash, and we both collide into each other, falling, <laughs> stumbling, and oh, bye-bye! And uh, falls down. And it feels for a little while like, you know, gravity is just kind of taking you with it for whatever ride it's going to take you. And then suddenly it's just as you start to enter into this timeline, everything just starts to kind of get brighter and brighter. And suddenly everything just kind of fades out to this brilliant white. And as it fades back out, you're standing in this frozen wasteland. It is impossibly cold and you can see off in the distance there's some mountains um everything is kind of fairly snow covered but it's these craggy rocky mountains kind of off in the distance you can see not too far off a a smallish camp set up with a with what looked like five tents or so it is kind of this dusky twilight um you know, everything is just kind of this dark navy sky um you can see the occasional clouds kind of with just wafting by above um with this brilliant bright moon hanging over it but more notably on the horizon is this giant brass dome that mirrorly just just like a distorted mirror just reflects everything around it that seems noteworthy oh oh guys i remember um I actually, I actually got some rings of warmth. Uh, here, here, you you, you take oh. one, Qu- Qu- Quincy, and 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 you take one, Ash. Here you go. Ash immediately right. takes it and holds it up, and Bone just swallows the thing. <laughs> oh well, uh, don't mind me. I'm just gonna put that right on, and I assume that I attuned to this before we came here. But absolutely, oh, it's just lovely. It's got a little fur on it. Yeah, there's actually like a couple stray cat hairs. I don't like the furry r- I'm very glad I didn't put on the furry ring. <laughs> yeah, you you hate those. Yes. Damn rings? furry rings. Yeah. Yep, those furry rings. Yep. Those furry rings. Yep. Yep. And <laughs> outside <laughs> of the cold, the first thing you notice is that it is completely silent. And the second thing you notice is that the brassy dome ahead of you on the distance, you see it ripple as if it were made of mercury and then swell as it gets slightly larger. That doesn't look like it's a, it's a welcoming I wonder, party. I wonder what's, what's driving the physics behind the insides, the internals. Hmm. Join us next time on the Forever oh. DMs as we get into... The adventure of the frozen terror. Tom, we're gonna have to wait forever. Um, you're gonna have to wait forever, but you know, patience is a virtue, and all that other I, nonsense. I gotta, I gotta say one thing before we end. I completely forgot that Hoon had an hourglass figure. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Catch I, us again next time, folks. Join us again next time. Thank you for joining us. I've been your DM, Tom, and we've been the other shitheads. Uh, yep, I'm Evan. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. Have a great night, everyone.
hourglass 